Welcome to the Second Is For Everyone podcast. We welcome all people, regardless of race, gender, political party, sexual orientation, or background, to learn about your Second Amendment civil rights and the many facets of firearms ownership. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Second is for Everyone podcast. This is episode 65, FU New Jersey. Tonight, we have on my very best friend, Sean Fisher of Black Bag Resources. Say hello, Sean. Hello, Sean. And we also have Jesse Stratowski, the 2018 Minuteman Challenge chip holder champion and winner of the inaugural 2019 Minuteman Challenge. What's up, Jesse? How's it going, guys? Uh, glad to have you on the show, man. Um, and thank you for coming out and competing during the events. So uh, we're going to talk about this. I'd like to talk about the uh, actual Sunday's competition in gun culture. But uh, let's go ahead and kick kick it off. Um, this week, I was actually shooting the... Uh, during the past week, I actually shot more of that high tower armory MBS 95 chassis equipped high point 995. And uh, I finally got the. Uh, How do you get all that right and then screw up for Jabedian? <laughs> Go ahead. What's the. Excuse me. What's a Varjabidian? Anyway, so <laughs> I went into the, I mean, you know, if I went into a high tower chassis, it might help. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> if Armin came up with something cool for a high point, I'd say his name correctly. Um, had some fun with it, but I finally got to use that Force X designed grip that they sent me that I thought was a horrible mistake. <laughs> the company reached out and said, hey, we have a foregrip. Want to test it? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then slowly went, what did I do? I don't even use foregrips. Well, on this bullpup chassis system up front, there's not much room to grip and what it is. What there is to grip is Picatinny rail, and it's sharp. But putting this Force X design Venom grip on, it it, it really worked out. So I'll be talking about that in Gear Whore. Uh, what'd you do, Sean, besides the Miniman Challenge? Uh, the day before the Miniman Challenge, I took little Sean backyard camping, which was always a historical adventure to me. Um, he was just excited beyond words, which is probably a bad way to describe it because he would not shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept talking daddy daddy we're on an adventure we're on camping you want to talk about gi joe daddy i'm so excited <laughs> literally like that until almost 11 o'clock and he fell asleep mid-sentence um so i slept outside the night before the minimum challenge and uh you know got up and did the thing the next day tuesday taught martial gun craft um you and i have been talking about you know trying to lose weight get back in shape be healthier all those things so I started a new workout this week uh, under the guidance of Frank Strauss, who's one of my martial guncraft students and also teaches over martial strength. Um, so I am really sore and miserable. Wow. There? I'm here. All right. Yeah, because uh, for me, you're dropping off. How about you, Jesse? No, I can hear you guys. What's going um, on with you, man? Uh, the day before the Minuteman Challenge, I actually got a new tattoo. Got my wife's name on my arm, which is looking awesome. Um, <laughs> like how it came out. Um, and then 
see, during the week, uh, doing a lot of water stuff at work. So, uh, community rescues with some of our students and uh, just uh, some more training on kind of on water rescue stuff over at Rutgers. So, it's been a, kind of a good week, actually. Cool. And I'm glad both of you have your wives' names tattooed on yourselves in case you got <laughs> lost or something. Um, they could pick you up out of a crowd. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then, of course, today happened in New Jersey and Trenton. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, <clears throat> so we're going to go that in legislation, you know, make you want to choke yourself. But I had to have some good news. So I came home and opened up a box I received. From uh, Hunting Tactical, uh, HT60 uh, chassis system for a Marlin 22 Model 60. That's how nice. they wrote it. But yeah, and it's also New York Safe Act compliant. So it's for one of those old school, well, it's not old school. I mean, it's currently still make them, but tube fed semi-automatic Marlins. So it, it updates it. I'm going to, I volunteered for a, um, a kid shoot. Uh, coming up at the end of June. And we all know in Jersey, if it's semi-automatic, it can't have a, a semi-automatic with a detachable magazine. It can't have an adjustable stock. Well, this uses a tube fed magazine. So it allows me to have adjustable stock, which means I can adjust the gun for smaller statured people, which kids usually are smaller statured people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this just makes it easier for them to to actually shoot the gun without doing that crazy neck stretching thing that sometimes kids have to do the fire an adult size firearm. Mm. So I look forward to setting this up and getting a bunch of kids pulling triggers on it and the uh, cricket um, precision rifle that I have that I received from Artisan Tony. So those are the two guns I'm bringing to that event. So kids can use them because they're kid sized firearms. So I feel pretty blessed. So yeah. And Jersey took some rights away today. And between well, the diversity, they're, they're trying, well, they're working on it, but we'll get into working that on in the it. next segment anyway. But between the diversity shoot tomorrow and, and my kids shoot, I'm just trying to recruit more and more shooters and firearms owners as they're trying to take rights away. Yeah. You fight your way. I fight mine. Oh, so that's what's happening. Um, we're going to do everything. We can talk about the Minuteman Challenge and the uh, gun culture. So pretty much that was our intro, and we can go right into legislation when we come sure. right back. Hey, Tony. Sorry. Yes, sir. I think I think in honor of our guest, we should do the entire show with no shirt. <laughs> okay. Um, what about pants? Because I, uh, I got neither. So. I mean, uh... All right, you do you. <laughs> yeah, Mr. No Shirt, I'm taking a photo of myself because I got a tag. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll be right back, guys. Have you ever gone to order something online and realized you need clarification on what product would work best for you? Have you wanted to start being more prepared for life emergencies? like self-defense, medical emergencies, or preparedness? Most online stores are no help whatsoever. Either they specialize in only one category, or they attempt to sell you their most expensive gear. That's why Sean started Black Bag Resources. He was determined to be better than your typical online stores. He uses the gear he sells, 
He can guide you to make the best gear choices for you in your price range. He's also a firearms instructor. I've deemed him the world's greatest firearms instructor in the world. <laughs> Sean wants to instruct students from the beginning shooter to students that want to develop their skills to a higher level. If you're building your first rifle, organizing your go bag, or developing your martial skills, Black Bag Resources should be on your go-to list. Visit blackbagresources.com. Hey, Jesse. Jesse, hey. wait. There you go. Here comes Sean. Yeah, it was a little slow this time. It's okay. I'm here. I made it. Yeah, we were all we were all a scarred. This is episode 65, FU New Jersey, and this is the legislative part of our podcast where I be all angry and can barely speak English. And um, Sean tries to calm me down like usual, right? Not today. Not today. You got every so, right to today. <laughs> Wait till you get to the mad minute. So I'm just going to tell you guys, uh, six new bills got passed through the Jersey. Uh, Not passed. You, advanced. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, and I also have to get the name right. Uh, the Judiciary Committee. Um, and it got advanced. Uh, next stop is the Senate. And, and it, it's, of course, for your safety. And that's horse crap. One of them, of course, is the renewal of your firearms ID card. Now it puts a limit of four years on it. And it's going to be a fee and a training requirement to get your firearms ID card. And a firearms ID card in New Jersey means you can purchase purchase a long arm or pretty much touch a gun in a gun store. Hey, hey Jesse, you want to see him get mad? Ask him oh, yeah. what the training requirement is and what the fees are going to be. Oh, boy. <laughs> So, Tony, what is the training requirement and what are the fees going to be? Oh, they don't know. They just know, <laughs> give, give me your money and whatever we come up with is going to be safer. Shocking. <clears throat> Shocking. Well, here's the thing. Because of my profession, I had to go through this before. When they decided locksmiths had to be licensed out of the blue in New Jersey because it was easy $400 if you were a locksmith that dealt with locks only. You had to pay $400, but if you worked on safes, you had to pay another $400. And if you worked with low-voltage electricity, you had to pay another $400. They, didn't know, they did not know how long it was to license renewal. They didn't know what test they would give you to just ensure you're a locksmith. They knew nothing. Just give me your money, and we'll figure it out. And that's what they did. And that's what they're doing with this. Um, yeah, they basically can, quoted Goodfellas, and they were just like, F you, pay me. Yeah, that was it. I just didn't know the movie. I really yeah. wanted to do the quote, but I never saw Goodfellas. So, um, yeah, so six bills. I read through them and was like, nothing here makes me safer. Nothing here makes me safer. So I put a call out to everyone the other day and begged them to please contact the members of the New Jersey Assembly Judiciary Committee and tell them to vote no on these six bills. It didn't help. <laughs> but we have to keep up the good fight. Um, I'm, I'm almost 
don't even want to read what these are. I mean, because now it's not even a 1016. It's like it should be a Senate bill after that, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it hasn't received their Senate numbers yet. But here's what you guys do. Go to a- anjrpc.org and um, check out their page. Is their activist page or activist center. And it's going to have the bills. You can read them. They're the assembly bills. Even better yet, just go to anjrpc.org and sign up for the newsletter, and you'll get their alerts when the thing goes to the Senate. I did not go today because I would have had to take not only Thursday, but Friday off because Friday is the diversity shoot. They only posted the schedule, I think, Sunday or Monday. That was too late for me to ask for two days off during the week. And this is how they do it. They know regular people work during the week. So they have this at 10 a.m. in Trenton with like three days notice. It's like they're running a Minuteman challenge or something, but for your rights. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's the fix is in. The fix is in. So who shows up for these things? Uh, you know, 50 paid actors. I mean, T-shirt wearing uh upper middle class gun control advocates, civil right deniers, whatever you want to call them. <clears throat> and a handful from our side who actually get the day off from work. Uh, yeah. Um, right here. Um, if you go to ANJRPC's page, they have the two hours, two hour long hearing. You can click on it and make yourself pull your hair out because you know the first half hour is all lies because what they do is run the gun control people up first where they videotape them and record them for news clips and front uh, and the front page mm-hmm. and then all the cameras leave and then they allow people to actually know what they're talking about speak and you never get seen or heard um, the only reason I got in the newspaper the last time is because I was sitting or sitting beside a bunch of moms to man, and they just assumed the black guy was anti-gun too. So they took our pictures. <laughs> that, that's what I'm guessing. That was the only reason I was seen on the front page of one of the papers. The other thing I've noticed is that there's a handful of uh, two or three people from moms to man who make it a point to photograph and record all the pro-gun speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like you might record the opposing team to study their plays and figure out how to beat them. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, hell, I, I make public speeches. Go ahead. I, I don't care. You want to do point, counterpoint? Tell me how slavery wasn't... <laughs> how you weren't able to maintain slaves because you made sure they were disarmed. Right. How you weren't, weren't able to enforce black code and Jim Crow laws because, well, the entire system was built upon keeping blacks disarmed. How you didn't drag Asian Americans out of their homes during the Second World War because, well, pretty much they were disarmed. How you couldn't uh, persecute and prosecute the Indians because you tried to keep them disarmed. How you didn't attack Italians. I mean, it just goes on and on. America has a horrible history of rolling over people. They make sure they disarm first. So, yeah, go ahead. Record this speech. Make sure you take history out of schools and rewrite everything online so, you know, people can't figure this out on their own. Um, some of the stupidity was, uh, what is this? You have to, all firearms dealers shall register with the, I don't know. It was like, uh, you have to no sign for 
ammunition sales, it all has to be done through a licensed firearms dealer. So basically mm-hmm. all your ammunition purchases in New Jersey will have to be done through your FFL um, and then logged. And anybody who buys more than a thousand rounds in a certain arbitrarily decided time period then gets reported to the district attorney. Just mm-hmm. how dare you buy so much at one time? You must explain yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow, your papers? Um, I, I buy so much at one time because I have a class that requires 2,000 rounds. That's why. But it really is none of your damn business. Like, drug dealers are going to run it past anyone. Because let's understand, you're not making anyone safer. The percentage of people... Let's go ahead, man. Drug dealers aren't buying thousands and thousands of rounds anyway. Most of them are getting two magazines worth, if that much. They need a couple of rounds to do something terrible to one person, or maybe two or three, right? And they're gone. They don't stand and fight. They're not engaging in combat. It's it's guerrilla warfare. They've got maybe one or two mags on them, and that's it. So they don't need thousands of rounds. And guess what? They don't go to the range and practice either. They're not training. So again, they're attacking the wrong people. Well, I don't know how drug dealers buy their ammo. They could be buying them at case at a time for sportsman's guy. I just know whenever they do the seizures and they try to talk about the arsenals they have, there's just never cases of bullets stacked up, or cases around stacked up on the table. There's never like a reloader pulled out the back, you know, that the gang was using. So I'm just saying, when they're trying to make it look bad, they have pellet guns on the table. <laughs> they have, like, black powder guns on the table. They never just show up with, like, a case of 7.62 by 51. You know what I mean? Just nobody has that. It's like, yeah, we went to the guy's house and look at all the stuff he had, including this sniper's rifle, this Hornady ammo. Nope. It's just never, ever. So, no, this is not designed to stop any crimes. This is designed to make sure they know how many rounds you have, to put a limit on how many rounds you have, and also to make sure that they continually get in your pocket for renewals of your firearms ID card, and also require training, which they haven't come up with yet, and the price is to be determined. And for all the trainers out there that are ghouls, that are rubbing their little hot hands together going, ooh, I'm going to make all kinds of monies because it's going to be required training. You have no idea how deeply they're going to dig in your pocket to be certified for this training. Right. It could be a $10,000 certification requirement and only available because they do this with other things already in the state, only available to current and prior law enforcement. So guess what? If you're an NRA instructor or a USCCA instructor or any of these other organizations, and you're not law enforcement, I guarantee you're going to get cut out of that process because the government loves nothing more than only allowing other government operating rights. No, we're not saying this in a, in a bubble because we've seen this with other things. That's why you're tossing it out there. Um, that was the training requirements. There was one more point I wanted to make. Oh, yeah. Exemptions. You're exempt from the training requirement if you're a police or former military. <laughs> um, and they put no limit on former military. So when I got out in 1993, 
I would still be qualified to not have to take training because decades ago, I had some. <laughs> like this one time in boot camp, mm-hmm. I got I got trained on the uh, M16, and I don't need any more training because the state said so. And that's the bad part about state-mandated training. It gives people a false sense of, well, I'm good enough. Hey, Jesse, you looking forward to all these rules and regulations? Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what the good news is, right, Jess? There's good news. Oh, yeah, good news. They're working on getting rid of the requirement of state workers to live in Jersey. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Brace yourself for the mass exodus. Oh, it's it's actually um, there will probably be flooding along the east coast of New Jersey along the shoreline because so many people are going to fly in the PA. Oh yeah, it's going to tilt. <laughs> it's going to tilt, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, hey, the Palisades are much higher out of the water. What happened? <laughs> Everybody's running out of state, and they just tipped the state to one side. What kills me though? I, I so I had a uh, a supervisor in my old office who used to love arguing politics with me, even though it's prohibited by policy, but whatever. Um, And I haven't seen her in a couple of years. I ran into her the other day and she was one of the ones who was like, no, 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 you need to pay more taxes because equity and equality and this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, yeah, no, if, if you, if you have a problem with income inequality, you don't have to pay taxes to do that. You can just write me a check. (laughs) <laughs> so fast forward a couple of years, I hadn't seen her. I ran into her at a, uh, a training and she goes, Hey, I heard you move to PA. I'm trying to do the same thing. And I went, no, state's closed. Yeah. We don't and need goes, you. But, but the taxes here are so high. And I went, yeah, that's your fault. You have yeah. to stay and pay those now. Didn't you wish it worked that way? Yeah. All those politicians you voted for. Yeah. This is what they wanted. This was the thing you continually voted for. And I mean, I hate politics very, very much. I hold it in disdain. But geez, you got to pay attention. Just saying. Got what you wanted. Congratulations. Yeah. All right, guys. So this is what I'm saying. No matter where you live, you have to pay attention to legislation. You really should join your state's Second Amendment organization. And if you can't afford to join, just go to their page and sign up for their free newsletter so you get the information. Because nothing frustrates me more than working in this blood, sweat, and tears, and then having somebody go, what, this 30-round magazine is illegal? (laughs) Yeah. When did that happen? 92 in New Jersey. So, you know. Here's the other thing about the ammunition, right? Right now, they're saying it's 1,000 rounds. How long before it's like, oh, well, you bought two boxes. That needs to be reported to the district attorney. Um, and don't tell me they won't do it because they banned 30 round magazines in 92 and it had, you couldn't have more than 15 rounds. And then just last year they decided you could only have 10. Uh-huh. So yeah, that number will change. I promise you. And uh, we're going to tell the district attorney, then tell it. Okay. Hey, how you doing district attorney? <laughs> wait, wait, come on out. When you tell him, be sure to show him this hand gesture. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm like, what are you going to do about it? What, are you going to search my house for the guns you know I have? I'm ordering another thousand rounds. Because they say if you order, if you buy a thousand rounds, they they, they let the district attorney know. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, about five thousand. What, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, take at some. that point in time, you might as well just buy as much as you want. Yeah, I got a case. I'm 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 a competition shooter. I shoot thousand rounds a week anyway. I think I think we're we're finally hitting that point with New Jersey where gun owners are finally going enough is enough. You've made this so onerous and your laws so ridiculous. It's time to just start ignoring all of them. And I think you're going to see a lot more people going, "Yeah, you know what? I'm putting a collapsible stock on my AR and I don't care." Or I'm I'm getting 30 round magazines and bringing them back and I'm taking them to the range and I don't care. Or I'm not cutting off my bayonet lug and I don't care. You know, I really think it's going to get to that point where you're just going to start seeing more and more civil disobedience and more and more of people basically violating these bogus laws. Um, and there may be a price to pay for that, right? The first few people that, that get froggy might get picked up over it. But I think you're going to see more and more and more of it. I, I don't know what we'll see, man. All I know is it's frightening because things that aren't illegal are being made illegal under false pretenses. Um, it's amazing because as someone who paid attention to the civil rights thing growing up, I mean, obviously, I was born in 1970. Uh, 1968 was the last civil rights legislation. It was kind of important to the people I grew up around. And and I'm watching... You're, just, you mean your your black family in Virginia? Yeah, strong feelings on that. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Um, it civil rights had the coloreds all abuzz. Um, <laughs> talk of the town. <laughs> Couldn't talk about anything else. What really gets me is a lot of Americans go, "Well, that's African American history." No, that's American history. And they're using American history to yet again take away your rights. And I'd like to say I'm mature enough to say I hate I told you so, but really I'm loving it that I told you so. That gun control is a racist strategy, a 400-year-old racist strategy that used blacks as a beta test, and now they're using it on everyone else. It's the same thing as Jim Crow laws and black code. To exercise a right, you have to take, pay a fee and take a test. Same thing. Now they're doing it to everyone else. You need to vote accordingly. You need to find out who these people are and vote them out. You need to hit them up um, when it gets to the Senate and bombard these people with phone calls and emails. And the thing you and I were going back and forth with that I think we finally put together into one cohesive sentence when we were talking about this earlier Mm -hmm. is that just because you expand a racist policy to include everyone does not make it good policy after that. Exactly. Still black code, still Jim Crow. And quit telling me it's for my own safety when you can't even point out, like, why? Because you scream school shooting, school shooting. How does this stop any of that? How does my firearms ID card affect a terrorist, affect a school shooter, affect a gangbanger? It doesn't. You're lying. It's all a lie. And nobody's made to pay for it. All right. I'm oh, no, we're made to pay for it. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We're made to pay for it. Criminals aren't. Oh, all right, I'm, I'm, good and, I'm good and hot and ready right now for a mad minute. So we're going to come back with the mad minute. <laughs> Be right back. And welcome back to episode 65 of 
the second is for everyone podcast. This one's entitled FU New Jersey. And we're into the Mad Minute. <clears throat> this week's Mad Minute is about this. The entire New Jersey Assembly is up for election come in November. The primary that we just had on June 4th was to select the people that would be running in each party for the primary in November. Seeing as less than 8% of the registered voters came out to show they cared enough to vote for who was on the ticket, and I continually tell you elections have consequences, a little over a week afterwards, when these people were assured that they were going to still be on the ballot and keep their phony baloney jobs, they put forth uh, new firearms laws that restricted your civil rights without making anyone any safer. Elections have consequences. 92% of you people stayed home, didn't vote in your primaries. Well, there was no one else on my ticket. Then write someone else in. I'm saw, I saw numbers like 22 people come out to a poll. There were guys that stayed on a ballot with less than a dozen votes, and they still were on a ballot. We'd said it continually. Get together with a grassroots thing in your hometown in your area, and you could actually sway an entire ticket for an entire party if you get it together. All that social media, you know, we're going to go there and we're going to do this and just hear us roar. You've done nothing. You do nothing but sit around and wait for other people to do the heavy lifting for you. And this is the results. Elections have consequences. 92% of the voters stayed home for the primary. You know, the same people that were out cooking hot dogs and waving American flags and screaming America like two weeks before and talking about the sacrifice of others. You didn't bother leaving the house and voting. I'm just saying, you did no research and it, uh, you did nothing. And now we have this and it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. You have to take part in the political process if you want to see change. If you want to terrify politicians, the only way you can scare these douches is to actually make them in fear of losing their cushy jobs. Because everyone knows pretty much with everything else, they're above the law. So the only things you can do is fire them. All right. Well, that was my mad minute. It's short and sweet. It's get out there and actually be part of the political process that others pay for their lives for you to have. What do you think, Sean? Oh, you know, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm. Elections have consequences. That's what I keep coming back to, um, and I feel like we learned nothing in the last year. And what specifically do I mean by the last year? Well, this is Father's Day weekend, 2019, and today is Thursday. And the bogus committee in Trenton advanced more gun control laws, right? I feel like this is an instant replay of 2018. And I'm looking up the articles to see what's going on this weekend. And I came across one called Art All Night 2019 Will Be Safe and Fun, Trenton Mayor Says. And you know why oh. they feel the need to tell you Art All Night Will Be Safe and Fun? Because last year... It was the scene of a freaking mass shooting after New Jersey just passed a bunch more gun control laws. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. It's almost like deja vu all over again. I was waiting for that. 
<laughs> we want to assure the public will be safe and fun, Mayor Reed Guskiora said Wednesday at a press conference. In this day and age, there has to be security. We want to assure the public that they will be protected. <laughs> last year, the Art All Night annual festival ended in bloodshed and chaos last year, forcing its organizers and city officials to embrace enhanced security measures going forward. What's the new security measure? They had police outside and inside. Now there's a fence around the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> not not even making a, that up. A, yeah, they, they put a fence around it. They put a fence around the whole thing, so congratulations. Now you are literally fish in a barrel. Yep. Uh, and they closed some streets surrounding the event. Well, they so didn't. It'll they be didn't harder to escape. Yeah, they didn't drive a tractor trailer through the crowd. A guy walked in and shot the place up. Oh, by the way, a felon who got out of New Jersey State Prison in February shot that place up in June. He was serving his second sentence for murdering someone. The last one was 12 years. And you got to love the sterile reporting and professionalism they use when they talk about the incident last year. Police shot and killed 32-year-old Tahaj Wells in the incident, one of the three alleged gunmen involved in the ruckus. Amir Armstrong, 24, of Trenton, recently pleaded guilty for unlawfully packing heat at the 2018 Art All Night event. Unlawfully packing heat? Was that the actual charge? Is that a charge in New Jersey? Unlawful packing of heat? Was this the Trentonian? Yeah. And defendant Davon White, 27, of Trenton, faces active prosecution on allegations he unlawfully possessed a handgun and pointed at numerous unidentified civilians attending last year's festival. I wonder if he pointed at, at any military personnel while he was there. How did he come up with this crap? It's, it's the Trentonian, dude. It is like, you know, when you're too dumb to actually have your own blog, they hire you at the Trentonian. I feel like if I, if I swipe through these articles, I'll find, like, what's the latest with Bat Boy? I'll let you know right now. <clears throat> the Trentonian is so dumbed down that you will actually lose IQ points by reading. It will make you dumber by the time you get to the page six girl than you were when you open the paper up. Attendees are not permitted to bring in anything that could be construed as threatening or dangerous. Otis said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause before they were people walking in with like RPGs over their shoulder like links of freaking ammo just draped across their chest. Yeah, We will not let the bad guys win. We will always prevail. And this year we wanted to make sure that art all night is even better. It's not even all night anymore. Did you see that? No. They close it down at midnight and reopen in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sounds like you won. You changed your hours, you blocked all streets, you built fences. Yep, you won. That's what winners do, change everything. Yeah, no, they, they, absolutely. You, you've set the standard that, well, here's the other thing. It's going to be better than ever. You set the standard pretty darn low last year when 18 people got shot. Um, the other thing I want to point out is that Moms Demand sent a whole bunch of people to Trenton today uh, to testify, make up lies, and often use the phrase, we want to get these guns off the streets. However, at Art All Night last year, there were members of Moms Demand Action present, running a table, 
handing out propaganda and they had an opportunity to actually take guns from criminals and get those weapons off the street. And when they had that opportunity, they ran and hid just like everybody else. They're not serious about this. They're just looking to infringe on the civil rights of people who did nothing wrong. Yep. Uh, organized groups of hysterical women listen, getting paid by somebody with an agenda. Yeah, that works out real well for your individual freedoms. When people want to sacrifice your rights for the illusion of safety. Never a good thing. Didn't work out because these were the same women that didn't want alcohol in America back in the day and finally got us past prohibition, which created the, you know, mob. <laughs> you know, it built that whole American mob thing out of prohibition. I they're going to build a Venezuela out of America once they take all your firearms away and there's nothing you can do about it. Just saying, recent history, a little further south, it's not going to work out any different than you because, you know, we have Mount Rushmore, baseball and apple pie. It's not going to be any difference once your rights are gone. Elections have consequences. All right. We're going to come back with gear whore. I really wish we had something that was not Jersey legal that we could do a gear whore on. Just for the FU New Jersey episode. I mean, we can, we can talk about half of the stuff in my gun safe if you want. Yeah, I know. You got a belt fed, Sean? Want to talk about a belt fed? No, but the RPK is a winner. <laughs> I hate you. All right. We're going to be back. Get for it. High point firearms are a hot topic in the firearms community. Loyal owners of their product are rabbit, and the easiest way to get comments on your YouTube videos, online articles, or social media is to talk about a high point. I've owned a high point JCP 40 Smith and Wesson pistol for years. I believe high point is the best new handgun value in its price range. High Point has sent me their 9mm carbines and they run like sewing machines with every ammunition I've tried in them. Well, except that bad batch of Russian steel case ammo that didn't work with any gun I put them in. High Point firearms are produced in America by people that give you a solid value for your money. Visit highpointfirearms.com. Tell them thank you for supporting the Second Is For Everyone diversity shoot and the Second Is For Everyone podcast. Welcome to Gear Horse segment of episode 65, FU New Jersey. Um, finally received this Force X design Venom grip. That's what I'm going to talk about. Why did I pick one? It was cool because the company contacted me, told me about this new grip they developed for members of the military that had gotten wounded and had a prosthesis and couldn't use their hand anymore. This thing was designed to be used with hooks and prosthesis. Um, I was like, sure. Then I came to the total conclusion that I don't use foregrips because my arms are long <laughs> and I don't need them. <laughs> so it was really great. I was like, yeah. No, when wait. somebody comes up with tiny, like skateboards to tie to your hands so you don't get those scratches on your knuckles from dragging them on the ground, that would be better. <laughs> Shut up. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I got these and I'm looking at them going, I can't, 
do anything. I put them on my ARs, and I'm like, that's not how I hold a rifle. Then we got the bullpup chassis for the high point, took it to the range, and was like, hey, this is cutting up my delicate, soft skin. There must be something I have to stop this from happening because I'm getting owies. (laughs) Hey, why don't I use this thing? I'll put it on, and it looked really cool. Um, dun, 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 dun. I, so in, in, in comes the Force X design hand grip. It does not look like the regular vertical grip, nope. the, even the little stubby ones, not at all. It's as if someone took your regular vertical grip and just melted it and pulled it back to, what, 45 degrees? I think it's, so it's maybe even a little bit further than that, but yeah. Yeah, no, I figured they'd have it in here with, like, what degree it is. But no, yeah, I think it's, like, built even further back so now and it also has a thumb support on it it fits on picatinny rail it doesn't fit on like mlock anything like that so you'd have to put all that on first but what it did allow me to do with a little gas pedal little thumb paddles on the side of it was hold the front of the gun down when i'm running the rifle really fast on the carbine and it gave me somewhere to grip it and it still looked really cool I'm going to have pictures of it up because a lot of the pictures I took were just of the chassis when I installed it. But with this thumb piece on, it was really freaking cool. And it allows you to fa- shoot faster without coming off the target, especially with a nine millimeter carbine. Uh, it, they say it does the same thing with ARs, but again, I don't shoot my rifle that way. So I can't talk about that. Um, they also have one called the Wasp, which is almost the exact same thing, except it not only has a trigger, but, um, a paddle on it so you can run your elect- electronics through it to run a flashlight or a laser. How cool is that? Tony. That fits in there. Yeah. Uh, do you know how many rails that takes up? How much real estate to mount? Uh, takes up like uh, three inches maybe, if that. Okay. No, I don't think yeah. it's even that much. Because the yeah, Ruger's uh, new PC9 has this almost useless section of Picatinny up in the front. Which yep. that could actually be useful for if I could find something that fits on it. All right, yeah, um, yeah, it's probably like a five the- slot. I think that would work on a five slot pretty well. Okay, I think so too. I, you come into the diversity shooter now. I can't get them on now. Okay, because I have both of these, and I can only mount one at a time on this. So we'll see each other. Yeah. Um, uh, the one I have, I mean, the Venom that I have mounted, I like it for the particular gun I have it on because it works. Um, it's a solid piece of plastic, you know, uh, I haven't been able to break it yet, but I've only had it on the gun, like, you know, uh, a little bit. Now this is their thing for benefits, greater control. I can agree with that. Increase accuracy. Mm, I don't know how that works. <laughs> Faster target acquisition. Mm, possibly, <laughs> possibly. Reduce fatigue, I have to agree with that when you're holding it. It's just the easier way to hold it, especially, again, with the bullpup. Reduce muzzle rise, yes. And transition faster from target to target, I think that's just where you're gripping the firearm at. But, hey, it's this is their uh, their website. They come up with it, and I use it as talking points. Uh, where can you buy them? You can purchase them online from uh, forcexdesign.com. And uh, pretty much all their stuff says the exact same thing. I think they have some kind of warranty. Oh, yeah. Replace any grip damage under normal use. 
combat, or lost in a divorce. It does not include torch burns, chainsaw grooves, and battle axe cuts. Uh, and I think they're kind of making fun of people. I mean, I'm just saying, I think that was kind of a like stipple thing, right? Mm-hmm. With the torch burns and the chainsaw grooves and the battle axe cuts. Mm. It doesn't need it. Uh, the way you grip it, because you grip it in your hand and your thumb is on top, your hand's not going anywhere. Like, like, calm down and put your little wood burner away. You don't have to stipple this. Now, MSRP for this, the Venom Grip is seventy four ninety seven, and the Wasp is one hundred seven ninety nine. They're expensive, right? Compared yeah. to regular. Forms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, if they had not have sent it to me, I would not have purchased it. We know me. <laughs> we know me. Let's not pretend I was going to buy one. Um, it works, but it's a smaller company and they developed it for something else. So of course they're not just copying someone else's design. This is one they made up. So the force X design venom grip is what I'm using. And that's what gear whore was about. Any questions about this stuff? You shot it, right, Sean? No, I didn't get a chance to shoot it, but I did get a chance to handle it before we started the competition. Cause you had it out and you're kind of showing it to everybody. Um, I had other things I had to deal with towards the end of the day when everybody got to play. Um, but it, I'm going to, I'm going to be totally honest here and tell you that when I looked at that, I was like, yeah, no way. This thing looks ridiculous. It, I, I did not like the appearance of it. And I went, there's no way. And I picked it up and went, dang it. I actually like the way it feels in my hand. So um, you may have to get over the price tag and the visual appearance of it and just get it yeah. in your hand and go from there. Like let, let the, the performance decide. Yeah. It's like, um, what's, what's the name of the, the ubiquitous Magpul foreign grip, the AFG. Yeah. AFG. It's like the AFG without the back being attached on the AFG. So you can wrap your fingers completely around it. Kinda, that's what I'm thinking because I really don't like the AM. The, I don't like that Magpul grip at all. No, I don't mean do it. But the the thumb ramp actually, again, like Sean said, it's not a pretty piece of plastic to look at, and the MSRP is steep. But the thumb ramp really feels nice when you actually have it in hand. Yeah, I was like, frig, because I really took it out the box and I'm looking at it, going, this thing is ugly. I can't believe I said I'd review this. <laughs> And I smack it on this bullpup and like, all right, it takes, it takes care of this cutting up of my hand. And I, yeah, wait a minute. I'm like, (laughs) why, why it is, why she's so ugly. Why is she such a good kisser? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I, I popped it in and then because I did this, you know, the week prior. I wanted to make sure the guns were zeroed for the uh, for the diversity shoot, but also for guys shooting it at the Minuteman Challenge. I'm like, pow, 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 pow. And like, rapid fire is not allowed on the right. Thank you, Johnny. Thanks. <laughs> Dropped another mag, threw it in, and it allowed me to just shoot quickly and stay on point. At I think I had zeroed it at 15 for you know the Minuteman Challenge, but I was shooting 25 yard targets with it, just pasting it. Like as fast as I could pull the trigger with this nine millimeter, it was just punching paper and staying on within like four inches rapid fire. 
all 10 rounds. Yeah, and it doesn't really matter what it looks like because you have it on a high-point bullpup, so. Yeah, I have it on a high-point bullpup, but, man, that high-point bullpup looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's on a regular high-point, yeah, we look ridiculous. But this, it looks cool. Be honest, Jesse, the high-point bullpup does not look bad. No, it's the it's, best you can make. I mean, truthfully, yeah, it looked as good as the freaking Tavor. Tony, can can you yep. let Jesse have a turn? No, it's my show. It definitely, <laughs> it definitely looks better than the high point as is. Definitely, oh, give you that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 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 <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I, 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 okay, fine. I'm gonna post a picture of the high point besides the. <laughs> One costs way more than the other one does. Uh, like, just take a screenshot of Jesse's topless photo and do a side by side with that in the high point. There we go. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to get Jesse's topless photo out of my. Like, <laughs> uh, like I forget almost everything else. And oh, by the way, I forgot that he sent that to us in a text. So every time one of you guys did something, I'd go on and go, "Oh, Jesus, this dude." No, I. Sure. Oh, I, I sent it. it. <laughs> I sent it. You sent that? I wanted to make sure you didn't miss it. Oh, I totally missed it. And I was happy. I wanted to make sure you saw it. Kind of like I make sure Ed Cabrera sees things. Yeah, I'm not sending you guys nudes. I mean, that's not how this works. Uh, it better not be how this works. Or... <laughs> Put a paywall up. Guarantees. <laughs> Put a paywall up. Guarantees I'll never see it. Uh... <laughs> But if you'd like Jesse's paid content, he can send you his private Snapchat info for nineteen ninety five a month. <laughs> private Snapchat. Is that a real thing? It's a real thing. Yeah. I dude, I see girls posting it all the time, and I'm like, how sad is it that you got to pay that kind of money just to see nipples? Yeah, nah. I'll just take my shirt off. I got three. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Uh, blah, blah 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 blah. I got all the features. Uh, the guys from actually uh, the guys from this company contacted me on LinkedIn, and um, they just wanted me. Well, like, when are you going to talk about this? Well, here you go. Is it worth it? Is worth it on this particular gun? Um, would I have purchased it? One hundred percent. No, I would not have purchased it for seventy four dollars. What do I suggest yeah, you do? That's that's because you're a cheapskate. What I'm curious to see is if we can find this from any retailers apart from the manufacturer, maybe yeah. for a little bit less, because that's that's their MSRP, right? So street price may be a little bit lower than that. Yep. Obviously, you're going to pay full MSRP when you order it from direct from the manufacturer. But if they're offering <laughs> like dealer incentive stuff like that, or if they've got you know group buy rates, that may be a little bit lower. And I'm going. It's high, but it's not insanely high compared to other stuff on the market. And it does perform, right? I think this does a lot more for you than some of the other angle grips that are out there. I, I, with the thumb paddle, the, I, I, it, it does. I mean, you know, I have, I have a couple here now, mm -hmm. and they're not on my guns. because Here's my prediction. <laughs> Forsex design put the, those thumb ramps on these grips. You're going to start seeing a bunch more manufacturers doing that. They're going to go, "Oh snap, that's a good idea. Why didn't we do that? Get that on ours." Probably, probably if it takes off, because I know I just saw it on In Range TV. They have one on one of their bullpups, that Desert Tech bullpup that's out mm -hmm. semi-automatic. 
they put one of these on the front of that and they're getting the same results I am. That you're able to run that 308 a lot faster with that thumb paddle. And that's a freaking 308. So you know with this 9mm carbine, it's nothing. All right, we're going to come right back with our special guest, Jesse Stratowski, the winner of the first Minuteman Challenge 2019. Every gang's all here. F.U. New Jersey, episode 65. We're in the gun culture, and we're talking to the winner of the inaugural 2019 Minuteman Challenge, Jesse Stratowski. Jesse's in the house. What's up, Jess? Yo. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yes. I am in the yes, I'm here. <laughs> Feel the energy. That boy brings to the table. Present. <laughs> Oh, uh, were you? Hey, man, were you the kid who had to say present instead of here? Oh yeah, present. <laughs> <laughs> so we had fun Sunday. We always have fun. Um, and just just took it again using iron sights on the semi-auto, right? Center fire semi-auto. How did you like shooting your AR without your super cool red dot? Um. I wouldn't do it uh, intentionally if I didn't have to. <laughs> um, that was, yeah, that was a lot of penalties that day with the with the misses. <clears throat> but um, no, I like I like the idea of the Minuteman Challenge a lot. I like the idea that it's forcing you out of your usual whatever you do at the range. I like that there's some kind of concept behind these things, especially the iron sights, where you know, yeah, conceivably we all have these our bad backup iron sights on a lot of our pieces. We don't often try. So yeah, it was, was kind of cool to pull the uh, that off that and just run it as is, kind of just see how it was working, you know, with the iron sights I had on the gun to begin with. Yeah, how fast did that red dot go back on? Have you gone to the range and re-zeroed it yet? That's weekend's plans. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, he kept apologizing to the gun on the way home. I'm sorry I took you off. I really didn't want to do it with these guys. Oh, man. <laughs> the only thing I time. noticed that, that kind of threw everybody for a loop was when we announced the drill was to be shot left-handed. Oh, yeah. And everybody went, what? Oh, I feel I like he starts it's... laughing. He goes, I don't think I've ever shot this rifle left-handed. I went, oh, guess what you're going to do now? I, honestly, I think that the left-handed, the fact there was a transition drill right to left and that there was also one straight-up left-handed drill was definitely mm-hmm. a huge advantage I had in this particular one. Yeah, most guys don't do that. I do stuff that annoys me, and that's one of the things I do. It's like, all right, let me try this left-handed. Oh, yeah. Eh. But um, it, I really like having these because I get guys like Jess who – yeah, they they want to they want to stretch their boundaries. They want to be out of their comfort zone, and it's kind of hard by yourself to go. I'm going to do something out of my comfort zone today at the range. You know what though? I I think we got to give Jesse a little credit too because uh, we know darn well that as soon as we announce what's going on, he starts practicing. And even though he can't guess everything we're going to throw at him, he tries. Oh yeah, 
right? Because as soon as we announced what that first event was, he signed up for it. And the next thing I saw on Instagram was, why am I taking a perfectly good optic off an already zeroed rifle? Answer, Minuteman Challenge. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's neat the, the way you mentally get into it ahead of time as much as you can. Oh, yeah, that's a huge part. Like, uh, and I, I like that kind of nerding out over things. So I'm, I'm just inclined to kind of go down that road when that happens anyway. Yeah. So you think like you're kind of unique when it comes to guys that go through the range that you'd participate in something like this? Um, as far as like a lot of people just don't take the time to do that kind of stuff or. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I already knew the answer because it's like you and your friends. <laughs> <laughs> And that's pretty much it, like the range regulars, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, but I was just asking, like, like, what do you think the reason others don't participate in something like that? Um, I'm not sure. I know that I initially didn't participate in a lot of the stuff you guys were doing at first because the idea of it being a competition, and I've never shot any kind of competition before, was um, I just felt like that was a barrier for me. And then Alan, of course, the, the ambassador, <laughs> uh, convinced me to just kind of come out because it was more of a fun thing. It was a, a great kind of intro to friendly competition, and he was absolutely right. Uh, so, again, if anybody who's listening to this thinks that maybe they want to try any kind of competitive shooting event, Minuteman Challenge is such an awesome way to get started. Well, thanks. Yeah, because we just want that's you to have as, fun. That's about as good a commercial as we can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be cutting it up later. <laughs> but I'm like, dude, it's just fun. We don't want to make anything difficult. That's why we did the diversity shoot. That's where we do the Minuteman challenge. And do we have something else going on, Sean? Uh, well, okay, not, not publicly yet, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we we try, man. It's like come out, have fun with your gun. It's not just that thing you keep in your closet or that thing you break out when your brother-in-law comes from out of state and you show him you have an AR-15 uh, because they're gonna make him cry. So I mean, like, come out, let's have some fun with your gun. So you plan on doing this a clean sweep and shutting everybody down all year because you won <laughs> you won both chips <laughs> at this. Event. He double dipped the chips. Oh my god! Yeah, I feel like Ray wouldn't be a huge fan of that. Based on the <laughs> <laughs> see you in November. Uh, Ray, Ray, Ray was a little upset. <laughs> well, uh, you know, listen, Ray was a contender last year. Ray made it yeah. to the the final round against Jesse at the championship and flubbed, and that was that was what knocked him out. But Ray, race race competitive, right? And Ray puts in the work. So just as much as Jesse does, Ray gets out there and, and does everything he can. He, uh, I, I don't know if I perceived it correctly, but I felt like Jesse was a full horse length ahead of everybody else at this first competition. Um, yeah. And, and Jesse, if you think that was because of the transition, the left-handed shooting, then that kind of explains it. But it, it and I don't remember exact times, but I feel like you were significantly ahead of the pack as far as that goes. Some of the times I overheard sounded like Jess was. Do you pay attention to anyone else's time, Jess? Uh, yeah, there was definitely uh, – it, it felt like a noticeable – like I, I didn't feel like I was not 
keeping a comfortable lead for most of the competition when I was listening to the times. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's talk about your rifle because often I know I do. I want to hear about what guns people were running. So tell us about your bill because I know it is. What, what kind oh, of the, the haters are going to be so mad. Oh yeah. This thing. Um, so it's a, I guess this is my, this is actually the first AR I, I sort of put together. Um, so the whole upper is just a BCM 16 inch mid length. Um, and then the the lower portion was just an Anderson, <laughs> um, like with just whatever shit parts I could find, and a <laughs> nice. <mil-spec> trigger. <laughs> it's a mil spec poverty pony with a BCM upper. Yeah, so I love I love how the upper works, and uh, the bottom has functioned with it for as long as I've had it. So, <laughs> and and tell us about the highly customized and what I'm sure was expensive finish you put on the rifle. Oh, the spray paint. You like the spray paint. I do too. (laughs) 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 Yeah, was was that was that Rustolium or Krylon? Your fans want to know. It was Rustolium. I haven't found Krylon in like forever around here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm just so laughing at all the guys out there. Because I mean, there weren't. There were some really expensive guns out. You know, uh, yeah. Ange had his uh, mega what, mega arms. Oh, with the matched upper and lower. Oh yeah, yeah, that thing's insane. That was... It's like a twenty two hundred dollar AR. Uh, he told me thirty eight hundred dollar AR. <sighs> well, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then Armin Armin had his, which was like all Odin works and temper creaked up. Yeah, his yeah, red rifle. Yeah. Oh, it was it was so nice. All right, and then we had the Tavor, mm-hmm. and we all know that's like a nineteen hundred dollar rifle. And then, of course, well, we hold had, on. but if I know Brian Goldberg, I'm I'm willing to bet he's got like the Geisley trigger uh, in it. Yep. And yep. didn't he do something that with was, the the safety as well? He got rid of the ambi safety and put a single sided safety on. Um, so he did some tweaks, which. <laughs> he got rid of the ambi safety and put on a single side safety, and then we went good. Now transition and shoot it left handed, and he probably went. Uh, oh, he did. He, he he got vapor locked for a second and did one of the smoothest transitions I've ever seen. <laughs> um. Also, we had Adam with a Keltec Su sixteen. Okay. So that's like a four hundred dollar gun, but uh, it's an accurate little sucker, but it's so lightweight that man. You got to do your part. And you really have to do your part. And of course, it has a Caltech trigger. So there that is. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was funny, though. Yeah, the Addison Lower GI trigger, rattle can, <laughs> spray paint job, iron sights. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Custom yeah. battle worn finish, Tony. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Custom. Proving yet again, it's the arrow, not I mean, the Indian, not the arrow. <laughs> Almost got that whole thing wrong. <laughs> and everybody was fine. Once again, five, it five, proves six. the arrow doesn't fall far from the tomato. <laughs> it's the arrow does not fall far from the tomato. Oh the Tony Simon Book of Proverbs will be available at the next diversity shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Understand one thing, dude. Yogi Barra died a while ago. I can take some of his stuff, too. I only have, <laughs> I only have to do mine. Oh, let me see. So that was that was the pew pew. All right, what are you looking for? Because we we already have the schedule out for 2019. What is what? What 
which competition are you looking for now, or are you just laying back in the cut? Yeah, so people fun? know what which ones to avoid. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> nice. I know that I can't make the semi-auto rifle open, which is a bummer because that's a tons of fun to actually run that rifle with a red dot. Um, so feel free to come out to that one and don't see. <laughs> um, and right now I'm trying to work on to see if I can make it actually out to the next one. I didn't think I could come to the rimfire, but it looks like I might be able to come out there. So uh, yeah, I want to have fun, and like this is such a great way to do that. So uh, Rimfire yeah, is probably gotta... one of my favorites as far as like the Miniman Challenge goes because it's it's so cheap to shoot and there's so many different variations out there of the Ruger 1022 that we see because <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. pretty much every buddy brings some sort of Ruger 1022 variant but yeah um, yeah that's a good one and I never feel bad about like just throwing crazy stuff on people because you know you shoot your 22 quite a bit because it's cheap to shoot and it's fun. So you should be really, really comfortable with that. Um, hopefully we get some some young adults and kids there for that one too. I'd like to see some younger people come out for that one since it's it's just the 22. It should be a little less and intimidating. You, and if you don't have a firearm, we can provide it. We just want you to participate. Come out. Mm-hmm. Have fun. And I mean, heck, if you win, can you imagine the fun you'll have shooting all kinds of guns at the Chip Holder Championship? It's going to be live. We've already thought of some cool stuff, and we don't even know where we're having it yet. No. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so back to Jesse. Yeah, what other what other uh, Miniman Challenge events specifically are you you have your eye on? Um. It's it's tough. It honestly it's a busy summer. I'm I'm stoked I was able to make it to the first one. Um, pretty sure I can make it to the rimfire. Um, and then it just uh, the thing is like I work a lot of weekends in the summertime. Like we mm-hmm. talked about, yeah. So it's going to be a matter of if I can get some coverage here and there, and I won't know until we get a little closer to the events. Okay. So. All right. Cool. All right. All right. We had fun with that. Got any more questions, Sean? Um. Do you want to talk about the championship last year? Sure. Yeah, since we have Jess on, let's talk about it. Um, a lot of shooting last year, right? A lot of different guns. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, so what was your favorite part about last year's Chip Holder Championship? Like, um, what iteration? Yeah. Oh, what iteration? There was one we did with the with the nineteen eleven. But I think it was a 1911 and another gun. Is that? Yeah, it was the 1911 and the SKS. That's right. Yeah, the SKS we called SKS it like the first time I went to a, a challenge. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So <laughs> I have like a personal history with that gun. <laughs> but like that was a really cool iteration because those two are so different. Um, and I don't shoot much 1911, and I don't shoot SKS except for the two times I've shot Tonys. <laughs> <laughs> for me, that really embodied a lot of the triple challenge idea where it's like here's some guns you do not shoot <clears throat> you know right. just you have, you have time to take a look at them you have time to ask for safety questions and operational questions and then have at it um and that was i, I think that was actually my favorite iteration because of that nice yeah jesse's one of those guys uh did 1911 100 year old design i don't 
did did safety. I don't two world wars. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I love those guys. Um, what else? How did he do in the first one? How did he do in the first chip holder championship? Uh, Last year wasn't the first. No, the, the yeah, we had the first chip holder championship because Angelo won that one, and I want to say Jesse made it to the very end. Didn't Angelo beat you out that first year? Yeah, yeah that was oh. the burner drill, the five rounds on with the shotgun. Right, that was the the Sega twelve loaded with twelve gauge slugs, uh, <laughs> two and three quarter inch twelve gauge slugs, and you had to fire five rounds as fast as you could into an eight inch circle at fifteen yards. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. But somebody's got to do it faster. That's all. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man. I mean, I'm glad you come out. I'm I'm glad that uh, you enjoy the things, the dastardly things we come up with. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. And yeah, we have fun coming up with stuff like that. Um, now if you can only drag Alan out of the house and away from the cats. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I'm sure he'll be out there. <laughs> See, I don't even worry about Alan hearing this because he he doesn't listen to podcasts, so <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> That's all right. Also I'll tell him. <laughs> he, also, he also doesn't answer Instagram messages because I wanted to make sure he was coming tomorrow. But anyway... That's enough about Alan. Hey, thanks for being on, Jess, and talking about the Minuteman Challenge. Absolutely. Thank you guys for, uh, for running this. Seriously. It's, it's been so much money these years. Cool. Oh, hey, are you still cool with only first place prizes at the Chip Holder Championship? What was that? Are you still cool with the fact that we only give out first place prizes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. People are like, but, but. Because I was at uh, uh, the Kevin Dixie training event, and they were talking about IDPA. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they were like, oh, no, you got a first-place table, second-place table. You have, like, tables full of gear, and you get to pick after. And I'm like, nah, no, no, first right. place. And then, then there's the first loser and the rest of the losers after them, right? Right. Yeah. It's like, so no. Well, and that, <laughs> honestly, that came from the first year we did it, that we started asking questions like, all right, what do you guys want to do? How do you want to do this? And – unanimously and immediately everybody was like nope we don't want participation trophies we don't want any of that stuff either you win or you lose and that's the way we've run the event ever since so you guys put together an amazing prize package for the triple challenge last year which was totally unexpected too didn't even know that was happening until we got down there um and it's like probably easy for me to say that since i (laughs) since i won the whole thing but I would have gladly just, you know, I wouldn't have been one iota less stoked on the whole thing had there been no prize package whatsoever. Like, it's just a really fun event. We come out there with really cool people, and it's just a blast. Well, to give credit where credit is due, Joe Savio showed up with a lot more stuff for the prize table than he told us he was going to. So it was kind of a surprise for me and Tony as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, holy mackerel. Like, I have some stuff. (laughs) I have some stuff from RE Factor Tactical. And and some other stuff, but wow! Uh, so Joe right. blew us away. High Speed Daddy donated uh, a backpack and one of their whoobies. Um, I had a couple other things that I was I was putting in from Black Bag Resources. Like there was there was a bunch of stuff there, and then Joe had promised us a barrel and another set of Ear Pro. Uh, I think he and I both both brought ear protection, eye protection, a couple other things to to put in the mix. Um, 
And then he showed up with like a whole nother pile of stuff. And we went, okay, <laughs> put it up there, get <laughs> pictures of it. And let's do this. <laughs> yep. So this year on the prize table will be a high point nine millimeter carbine donated by high point, of course. So that's going to be added into the mix. Again, stuff from RE Factor Tactical is going to be added. Um, and who knows what else? High Speed Daddy has promised uh, another package from them. Uh, we've got some stuff from Matador Arms. I've already started doing, because Annika sent me a, a bunch of their hammerhead muzzle brakes, which are really cool. Um, so we're going to start doing those because she gave me so many of them. I can't see putting like a whole pile of the same muzzle brake in it once. So for each event, we've got a winner who's going to receive one of those um, and a couple other things. So it's, it's shaping up to be another, another substantial package. Cool. All right. We'll be back with training concepts. KnifeRights.org. KnifeRights is a new sponsor of the Second Is For Everyone podcast. I was introduced to them by Anthony Calandro, owner of Gun For Hire Range, host of Gun For Hire Radio, and NRA board member. Anthony introduced us at the 2019 annual meeting, and that's where I learned that KnifeRights is a Second Amendment rights group that fights bad knife laws around the country. Currently, they're fighting New York City's unfair law on gravity knives. Um, They have over 30 pro-knife bills that have been enacted in 21 states, and they have stopped eight anti-knife bills in six states. Visit KnifeRights.org. Check out the Ultimate Steel Spectacular. You can get your membership and chance to win over $150,000 in prizes. Visit KnifeRights.org to learn more. And welcome back to episode 65, FU New Jersey. We're into training concepts now. Hey, Sean, I got a question. And Jesse had to go, so now we got to put shirts on. Yeah, I know. I got to wipe all this oil off my chest first. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Live with that. Live with that. You listen to the show. Live with that. Don't lie. That's bacon grease you spilled. One, I uh, one does not spill bacon grease. <laughs> that's that's sacrilege. Uh, okay, I got a question because I see this a lot, and and truly, I saw Whitey from Four Guys Guns do it because he's doing a series on upgrading an AR. So he started with a base uh, M&P fifteen, mm-hmm. and tell me, Sean, you got a basic gun, your basic rifle. What do you what what is your first thing that you would change on it or add to it or accessory you would purchase for it? <laughs> uh the first thing I'm gonna add to it is a lot of ammunition and range time. <laughs> right. And if you think I'm joking, we've already talked about the first year that I owned my AR fifteen, I put almost fifty thousand rounds through it. Like and I didn't change out a thing. I didn't add an optic. I didn't change the hand guards. I didn't change the pistol grip. I didn't buy anything else for it. It was magazines, ammo, and time at the range. Um, 
So if if we're going to get past that, uh, the first thing I would hold probably on. hold on, hold on. But why was the first thing was shoot the living snot out of? Um, as, as is. I wanted to become deeply and intimately familiar with that fireman. Oh, so you mean before you changed anything, you wanted to know exactly you, you wanted to get a skill level or attain a certain skill level with the gun. So you knew the gun well, and you would know or notice any improvements that were made by any addition you made to the gun. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> It's just a unique concept. I mean, just nobody talks about actually doing that. Like, crack a lacka first thing out the box. Now, I understand if you've owned multiple ARs, but if this is your first one, why are you adding stuff before you know how it runs? I, but I see this with everything. Every page I'm on that's related to firearms, I see people go, hey, just picked this up at the store today, brought it home 15 minutes ago. What's the first thing I should get for it? What upgrades do I need? What upgrades do I need? Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know. We fought fought with it from the 60s to the 90s without anything on it. Unless you call Special Forces when they put some horrible optics on it back in the day or that crazy starlight scope. But, I mean, I'm like, shoot your gun, bro. Yeah, you don't have to. We're not saying, oh, just don't touch it at all. You can put the stuff on it, but understand, you still have no idea what your skill level is. And I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at that starlight scope because it looked like the thermos my dad used to carry. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> it was, but it was much heavier. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you took the top off the thermos and shine and dropped a green chem light into it, that kind of looked like what yeah, you about, see through the early starlight scope. It's about what it looked like, yeah. 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 Ask me how I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not saying, hey, man, listen, it's iron sights all the way until you get to know the gun. You can put stuff on it. You just don't. If you haven't been in the community, if you haven't run stuff, you don't know who's giving you BS advice and who's giving you good advice. But as you spend some time at the range with it and start shooting and people see you're serious. You can just start conversations with other people and figure out what to put on the gun. But all right, let's go to the first, first upgrade. What would you do, Sean? Uh, for me, one of the most important things is getting rid of, if it has a, a standard A2 pistol grip, I've, I've come to kind of hate those um, because of the size and shape of my hands, I guess. And it's, it's not necessary for everybody. But that's one of the things I really, I really insist on on all my guns is that they've got, like on the AR, it's got to have a beaver tail on it, um, just because I like the way that fills my hand a little bit better, and that causes me to index the trigger more consistently as far as getting the the trigger centered up on the pad of my index finger where I like to shoot. So, um, an appropriately sized pistol grip with a beaver tail is kind of a must for me. The second uh, after that is probably a trigger upgrade. All right. For me, the A2 pistol grip is fine. Like to the point, I never think about it. If I, I mean, what the isn't that weird? Yeah, weird because your hands are, I feel like your hands are considerably longer than mine and you would think it would be more of an issue for you than it is for me. But for some reason, that's where, that's where I go bananas yeah. right away. Yeah, immediate nothing. Um, 
and I can just go by what I actually reached in my pocket and paid for to tell you what I truly, truly act, changed out. And that would be the trigger. And it took, took years for me to go, okay, now I can change the trigger out, right? I mean, you saw it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it, it was years before I tested the trigger. I'm like, nope, this GI, GI trigger's fine. And, and then I stepped into the ALG um, ACT trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was really an upgrade. Uh, yeah, it, 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 you shoot, I shot better with it and still using the A2 pistol grip, but that trigger was so much better, had a cleaner break, was, was a lot easier to shoot well. And that was my very first upgrade uh, to an AR-15. And then again, uh, I don't think I reached, yeah. And, and, and the other thing I actually paid for on my own was a red dot, it was an optic. And uh, I bought one of those. And because of my stigmatism, I thought it would suck. It's not great for me because of my eye problems. But once I changed my script and got it right, um, I can shoot pretty well with one. Uh, when I was shooting the Hollow Sun in the Costa class, because I used red, uh, red dot. It was a red dot. Uh, in the Costa class, uh, Joe, Joe Savio, since he's a Hollow Sun rep, he had a Holosun, the, the Titanium, the Elite series, and it uses a green dot. And that was even more precise, and I really dug that. So, um, Yeah, I like yeah. the green dot better, too, if I can get it, like, if it's an option, you know, depending on what I'm, what I'm putting together, you know, it may be cost prohibitive, but the green dot, I definitely like better, too. Yeah, it was definitely an upgrade. So, so those would be my first go-to things. I guess I did skip over the fact that, yeah, I bought a sling. Um, I thought it was important to be able to throw that hasty sling up at the range and be able to hit what I'm aiming at more precisely, um, better I, control over the rifle. I didn't count that because my rifle came with a sling, right? When we're talking mm-hmm. about, again, and I'm, I'm thinking specifically ARs, right? Yeah. Is that what we're doing? That's what we're, t- that's what we're talking about. Yeah, ARs, my first man, AR included a sling. So it had just a, a plain Jane GI style sling. And that was good enough for, for what I was doing. Like you said, you could make a hasty sling out of it. You could carry the gun with it. I wasn't trying to do anything fancy. I wasn't like running all over the place or, or climbing ladders or anything with it. I was just shooting the crap out of it. So, Yeah, and I, I, I picked up the Frank Proctor with gun sling and, um, because it was just a minimalist thing. Um, and it worked for me. Uh, being a I, like big dude, Using that GI, that black GI sling really did nothing. It, 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 because of my extra girth, like it, it didn't work out for me well. But using that Frank Proctor sling, it, it worked out much better. And I was able to do some of the stuff. Um, and then I picked up the, uh, uh, dang, Magpul MS1 sling, I think I got. Did not like that at all. Too wide, too coarse. Didn't like it. Still have it. Still put it on stuff, but I really didn't dig it. <clears throat> but it might be what I try on on this uh, bullpup thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I just contacted uh, Timber Creek, and hopefully they can give me some M-Lock uh, quick-detach sling mounts, and I'll pop those on. And maybe that'll work with this thing. I don't know. I'm trying to use it because I spent. I, I caught it on sale. But I did spend my own money on this, and I want to get as much use out of it as possible. And if not, hey, it is what it is. Hey, people buy gear all the time, but it ends up in the bottom drawer. All right. So, yeah, those are my first two upgrades. 
um, a trigger and an optic. Yours was a handguard and and a trigger second. Not, That's yeah, a trigger. trigger second. Yeah. Have you ever gone? I mean, how far did you go down this road with upgrades? So, like, I mean, oh, you call building your own upgrade? Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. You you've seen that rifle, and at one point, I strapped on every stupid add-on thing I could find on that. <laughs> And just it was it was completely ridiculous, and because it was a fixed A2 carry handle, I was using like a an offset handguard mounted rail to put an optic on it, which is really not a reliable way when you're talking about you know A2 style handguards that are. It's yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of mistakes were made early on. Um, mistakes were made. I regret nothing. Yeah. Um, but it was a learning curve for me too, you know, and now that, now that I'm, I pretty much don't buy complete ARs anymore, I'm only putting my own together. Um, I, I don't know what I consider an upgrade. And, and I think most, most guns that I look at now, even if they're fully assembled, if I'm recommending something for somebody else, that it's a production rifle, I'm, I'm already looking at certain features where I'm going, yeah, you're not going to need to change out that handguard. You're not going to need to change out the pistol grip. You're not going to need to change out the magazine release because it already has those upgrades done to it. So is it an upgrade at that point, or is it just a standard better option? Um, but I think that usually comes after your first AR. Yeah. I don't think anybody goes their first AR and just starts piecing Excuse me. Very few people start piecing together their first AR. Usually, if you, if something like that happens, somebody's building it for you and telling you what you need or don't need based right. upon their own experience. Yeah, not many people go whole hog the first time around. And there's nothing wrong with that because that just makes you buy another one. Um, oh, the other thing I did was put lights on it. I put lights on uh, my AR. I have a <clears throat> nightstick right now on this one. Even though, again, these aren't for my home defense, but I wanted to run it. And use this nightstick at the range because they sent it to me. And uh, it's a weapons mounted light from nightstick. It's called the uh, TWM 850XL. So, of course, it's 850 lumens. It works like a, uh, what do you, what, what's the name of that company? Streamlight. Right. It works like a Streamlight TRL, TRL1. And I have it mounted on top of my rail at 12 o'clock. Um, I dig it. It's bright. Uh, I didn't take a class with it, but I ran it like I was in a class. And it really works for me because, again, I have long arms, so I can hit the actuator switch without having to have a, uh, what do you call that thing? Um, that actual tape switch that you push with a coil. Yeah. yeah, tape switch with a coil. Yeah, I don't need that. And the other one, I have a Streamlight, um, 1,000 lumen Streamlight mounted on my dissipator on a uh, Fab Defense, like rotating rotating flashlight holder or weapons mount it's pretty cool too but it's a little bulky but you can flip it to the left or to the right of the front sight base yeah that's cool <laughs> that's cool all right so we're out of here we're going to come back with shout outs and end the show
And welcome back, episode 65, FU New Jersey, and we're on the shout-outs. And this shout-out is multifaceted. It goes to 2A heavy lifters that were actually in Trenton today fighting for your Second Amendment rights. I'll go ahead and throw some names on the people I know that was there. Uh, Anthony Calandro, Scott Bach, Darren Gowen. I know those guys were there, so I'm giving a shout-out to them. Um. I have no idea who else was there because I've been busy. I believe Rob <laughs> Bermudez was there. Uh, Deb Kalinowski was there. Um, yeah, the the rest of the names are, are slipping because we're we're getting pretty late at night here. But that's more of my brain failure than anything else. But yeah, the, again, a lot of the people who do a lot of the heavy lifting were doing the heavy lifting once again. Yeah. So, shout out to all you 2A heavy lifters. Really appreciate the work you put in. Um, again, mm, not even going to say, hey, man, I wish I was there with you. I was busy doing something and I had no intention of being there this time. <laughs> because, again, they pop it up on you and run it past you really fast. Hey, can you take Thursday off and come down here? Well, yeah, I would have, but I had to take Friday off and do some other stuff. So, yeah, shout out to 2A heavy lifters. Please become one. Please, no matter where you are, become a 2A heavy lifter. Get involved with the Second Amendment movement in your state, in your area. And this is how to do it, all right? Brace yourself. Get a piece of paper. Write it down. Shh, shh, tell the kids to be quiet. Get involved. Show up. That's it. That's the secret. Just show up and keep showing up. And next thing you know, you're involved in the Second Amendment movement in your state or your area. That's all it takes. <clears throat> Got anything to add to that, Sean? That's it, man. All right, cool. Um, let's talk about what's happening. Um, of course, tomorrow we're going to have a diversity shoot. It's Friday. It's the only one on the schedule that's on a Friday. June 14th, you're not going to hear this, but it was probably great, and you missed it, so make the <laughs> next one. Um, <laughs> if the past is in the indication, it was great, and you missed it. Uh, the next Miniman Challenge is coming up on the 7th of July. It's going to be Rimfire Semi-Auto Rifle. That's right. Bring your own preferred semi-auto rifle design. Now, we often have magazine changes during these events. So if you got a tube fed, you're probably going to be at a disadvantage for, for maybe a drill or so. But if a bunch of people show up with tube feds, we could probably leave that part off. Right, Sean? That would be cool. So, anyway, July 7th, Fort Dix, New Jersey, 11 a.m. That's our time. Come on down. And see what we can do. Get you involved in this Minuteman Challenge, having some fun shooting some guns. But I only have a pistol. It doesn't matter. We will have guns for you to shoot. And if you only have a pistol and only want to shoot your handgun, then fine. You can come to the July 28th event in this semi-automatic pistol. All right? Happy now? Uh, what else? Versity shoot, this. Um, wow. That's on the 28th? Oh, that's on the 28th of next month. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> I think on the 25th, I have a, an event where I'm helping kids shoot over at the Union Hill Gun Club. That's going to be awesome. That's uh, I think that involves CNJFO. You can check their calendar for that, but we've been booked for a while now. So 
Hey, if you want to show interest, tell them you'd like to go to the next one because they're thinking about having it more than once a year. So hit hit them up over at the Union Hill Gun Club or CNJFO. Yeah, I was talking to Eric Saperstein uh, recently, mm-hmm. who's who's organizing that particular event, and he's already got things lined up to do at least two more this year. So okay. as far as I know, there are no dates released yet, but he's mm-hmm. gotten such a, a tremendous response, both from sponsors as well as participants, that he's looking at making this a, a regular and recurring event. There you go. All right, now for us, um, of course, you like this podcast, you're listening to it. If you want to support it, you can become a patron on Patreon. Go to patreon.com, type in 2A4E, and you can donate. You donate over $5 a month, boom, we start sending you stuff. Why? Because we think you're awesome. Armin Vartrabidian got his, you know, if the mistake I make with Armin Vartrabidian is I somehow try to spell the name out in my head, and that just ain't happening. Anyway, yeah, no, that's just bad juju. Armin got his patch. Awesome. It's really cool. So uh, also we mailed a knife out. I still have to mail another knife out. I do apologize. I haven't gotten it to you. It's 100% my fault. Um, <clears throat> but yes, you can win stuff. So you can join at $5 and above, and we're going to have really cool giveaways. Um, what else? Oh, you can join. You can go to GoFundMe and donate to A4E. Pulls a page up. You can go directly there and donate. Awesome sauce. Because I'm going to Phoenix for the Gun Rights Policy Conference, and I need all the help I can get. That's coming up in September. If you want to buy a t-shirt, go to 1022clothing.us. That's a redirect to BCG Gear. And you can purchase one of my rally shirts, which is Royal Blue, and it says Gun Control Equals Racism. Do that. That's awesome. Go to some of these rallies that are happening this year and just wear that shirt with you and your crew. It's 10 bucks. I get nothing for that. That's 10 bucks, including shipping. Get you a nice, high-quality t-shirt that instigates conversations. You can also buy a promotional shirt. It's $25. says 2A4E and has cool sayings on the back. So hopefully you can participate in that. If you want to buy some stuff from Black Bag Resources and send it to the Diversity Shoot, go to blackbagresources.com, go to their store, type in 2A4E in the coupon section, and whatever you purchase will be brought by Sean to the Diversity Shoot to be given away or ruffled off. I think that's everything that's happening, right, and everything that's going on. Everything but the onions. There you go. Ready? Get us out of here, Sean. Yeah. Three, two. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Yeah, that was that was kind of no energy. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. There you go. Yay.